Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon, the shorts, the story of Josh on the Atlas Monterey's actually is more story about Josh and this episode is not gonna be different because Josh updates didn't arrive super good also this time, actually didn't arrive at all as this moment, but we know that the race is over, so at least for the first position they are gonna, at the moment we are talking about Friday the... 7th of October at 11.13 in the morning, Central Europe time. Still 39 people are out there willing to reach in the cut of time, the end of this race. But because not so many updates are arriving from Josh, something different is on this episode as usual. Listen to that. It's fun. It's quite good fun. No news around, recording has to be done. That's why I asked Irvin to give us a couple of updates on his race and how it ended up with the scratch. I mean, you did great, buddy, but yeah. Hi, Irvin reporting, Cap 39, uh, from the hotel in Agadir, the Finnish hotel. So I'm actually quite quick here, just not the way I thought it would be in a taxi. So yeah, I scratched after uh, three days of Atlas mountain racing. Um, uh, and it was simply because it's just too hard for me. I mean, Irvin, we feel you. The race is super hard. I know everybody knows. I know it's in the race manual. It's stated that it cannot be understated. What a big um, challenge this uh, race is. It's true. It is a big challenge. Um, I made all the mistakes in my first ultra. That was Grand Guanche last year. I slept too little. I pushed way too hard and uh, had to scratch because of it. Um, was not going to do that this time, so I was just going for a finish, not for a fast finish. Already super remarkable though. Nothing crazy, just ride the 150 kilometer a day to get to the finish. Um, and even that uh, was too hard. Um, the, um, the first day is known to be really hard. You have to cross a high atlas, uh, took forever. I hate the hiker bikes. I know everybody praises Nelson for his uh, crazy route building. Um, I know you like him, uh, Stefano. Um, I don't know if I like him that much anymore. <laughs> you will know your mind was changed as soon as your finger is gonna be shivering on top of your keyboard on the bottom saying, Register to your next ultra now. I hate the hiker bikes. Um, and uh, I definitely hated the ghost path, the uh, mule path descent. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's brutal. Um, second day was, uh, was flat. And of course, flat is too easy. So we got a frigging headwind that was super hard as well and tiring. Um, so both days I didn't get to the 150 kilometer. Um, then I went for a good night's sleep just before the river crossing. Didn't want to cross in the dark. Um, went for a good night's sleep to actually make 150, maybe even 160, you know, to get back in, in the schedule. Um, the third day yesterday, um, that was the 100 kilometer long remote section. I was well prepared, well rested, did everything I needed to do, had all the equipment that I needed to have. And, uh, still it took me more than 11 hours to do that section of 93 kilometers um, and I guess that is so demotivating for me that uh, well the fun's basically kind of away and 
for me cycling is actually about fun that's i think for a lot of us it is but for me it's um it's it's the only reason i do it i love cycling i i actually you know sure some suffering that's fine but just like suffering full days super long days short sleeps like the ultra lifestyle i don't know if it's my my piece of cake um and that's okay because it's not for everyone i mean it uh, makes me respect all that ride and race like this uh even more especially the ones that finish it the ones that finish it fast are just crazy in my eyes <laughs> um nah but uh i had a, a, a i had a nice experience uh short nice saw morocco uh from the bike saw beautiful landscapes um maybe i'll come back bikepacking but then doing it uh um with a fire and a beer after every day so call me in. call me in whenever you're organizing it call me in. the fun part of riding the atlas mountain race is definitely that you are riding in the atlas mountains because they are so beautiful um i mean they're really empty um they're they're vast and they con- you continue to be in the middle of nowhere um after every mountain are i mean a dozen new empty mountains with nothing in them but still the the landscape is constantly changing a little bit as well so you keep being amazed the one moment you're in some desert plain the next you're in some gorge the next you're in some palmery um there's these tiny little villages where the nomads live and um they are actually really really pretty to see as well um you have all these children running with you waving at you um they're they're nice they can can be a little bit uh in your face sometimes but i mean uh, they all mean well and uh it's um it's it's just uh, really really great to, i mean to see this up close to to see the landscapes to 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 see the people in their own habitat um i think the best way to do that is uh by riding your bike right so um I guess if you were thinking of riding in the Atlas Mountains, this is definitely the route to do so. Um, but uh, yeah, train. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Easy said. But we want to know more tips now. One pro tip from me um, is as well that I wanna. Um, okay, so definitely train if you want to ride the Atlas Mountain race, but also don't forget your camera. Um, I know you have to pack light, um, but you really, really want to bring a camera because you want to take pictures of what you see to, to, share, to share this, to tell the stories. Uh, I know pictures don't do just to the, the beauty of the landscapes and the culture and the villages that you ride and you see. Um, but uh, yeah, bring a camera. Don't forget your camera. I won't. That's a great, great tip. I think now it's time for a bit more of party pace. I mean, no pace, just party. Uh, we're sitting here with, with, with four happy scratches in uh, the Finnish hotel in Agadir. So uh, cheers, guys. First beers in uh, <laughs> days. Just scratching. Happy scratching. Thanks, Arvin. Even if rumors are saying that you scratched so early from the Atlas Monterey's because you wanted to get back home for the Pathfinder Giro. You don't know what the Pathfinder Giro is? Jump for your Instagram. It's worth it.
back to some voices. I asked Ryan if he can give me a couple of ideas, nuances of his racing better of the race of Josh by our task of just following him. Yo, Stefano, come away, tutto bene? Um, so I am looking at your questions. Uh, how did I like uh, dot watching? I don't really like dot watching. I think me neither. Tell us more about that though. Which is why uh, I really like to work on races and uh, and when when we film uh, a race with Lander, um, we usually offer to uh, to take pictures too um, as a kind of added uh, value. <laughs> And uh, and we love to take over the Instagram because uh, it's live and we can like give uh, really credible uh, infos from the ground uh, in direct contact with riders, and um, and that's my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, more than making the film, uh, I love the Instagram and posting live because um, I think it's a, it's a great compliment to uh, to dot watching. And podcast, podcast. Don't forget podcast. So on this race, um, we didn't get much updates from Josh, uh, obviously, and we well, we didn't see him much on Instagram. So it was pretty pretty flat. But uh, but it was amazing to to just see him like just do his own thing, just do his own race, keep his cool, and uh, and and it's always super impressive. So consideration on Josh final kilometers. I think just final kilometers were probably like all of his race, uh, just him doing his thing. Um, and the, the funny thing is that he, he had no idea what was going on around him. Um, we were chatting uh, yesterday and he told me he sat uh, next to uh, Marin for like 10 minutes without even knowing that Marin had, uh, had won. Um, so... Yeah, I'm actually wondering if this thing of riding bikes, races, ultra-endurance races without a phone was not more or less the same thing of what was happening during the first TCRs 10 years ago. I think it's probably been quite emotional uh, the last kilometers, uh, knowing that it was over, because I, 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 I get the feeling that he, he had a lot of fun. He was, uh, he was saying how, how incredibly beautiful it is probably one of the most beautiful races he's ever done. Although I feel like we always say that after every race we do, it's always the most beautiful. Like we never go to a race and, and come back and say that, well, that was, that was shit. I mean, never happened to me anyways. So I think his last kilometers were like this. I have no idea, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't talk about it with him. And I, 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 I dot watched him just making sure he, he gets home. And, uh, and that was about it. Say anything directly on Josh's face about his race. Man, I'm, I'm inspired to do a race without a phone. Uh, this really, it's, it's been at the back of my mind for a while. The idea of riding and being totally free from the phone. <laughs> Again, this topic. I think I will start having one ride with no phone and see how it sounds like. Because I think we're like pretty much overconnected all the time. And, and one of the most beautiful things on those races is how we can get to disconnect. But yet those phones actually, uh, I think they have two advantages. I mean, 
they have a lot of advantages, of course. Um, and, and it's nice to be able to communicate during a race. Um, I did that with my son the other day. I was on a long climb and I gave him a, a call and suddenly the climb was over and we were laughing, uh, just chatting about dinosaurs and, and, and stuff. Uh, and, and it's nice, like you can receive encouragement. You can see like if you're catching up on a rider, but at the same time, I think that like what Josh went through or wait, I'm talking to his face. So yeah, I, man, I'm, I'm inspired by that. I think it's really cool. I know it happened by accident, but I think there's a big takeaway there. Um, and, and, and I wonder like if it would have changed, uh, your attitude to have your phone, I don't think so, but it would have changed your experience, that's for sure. And that's that's really cool. I think that's that's my takeaway. Um, yeah. And and yeah, looking forward to uh to see you. Have a good one, man. Get back home and uh say hi to everyone. The angles of Ryan on races are amazing. First time he talked about having people around with warm voices. Now riding without the phone, how everything changed with this kind of setup. But let's move forward because we have no news. As I was saying, I actually asked our special official dot watcher to give us a couple of nice words on how the end of the race for Josh looked like. Go crazy. Still no updates from Josh himself coming through due to a locked SIM card. It was another night of wondering where and how he was. My nightly sometime in the early hours check showed he had been stopped for an hour 25 minutes, so fingers crossed he was getting some sleep. Or was he? The mind plays games. Is the dot stopped because of sleeping or was there another reason? My 6am check showed it was the former and also that the race leader crossed the finish line a few hours previously. Our group WhatsApp check mentioned Josh was currently in fifth place, but Instagram posts from Stephen Leherick indicated otherwise and that Josh was still on target for sixth place. At 14.13 this afternoon Josh was showing as 25k to the finish line and was out of the mountains and riding towards the suburbs of Agadir. However work meetings meant I missed him reaching the finish line after all that. I think mentally when you're watching the dot of a person close to you it can be really tough. It can almost be easier being the rider. At least you know what's going on. And relax. Of course it is. I truly believe that our job here, reporting and listening and taking care of whatever is happening around is way tougher than riding a bike in an amazing and marvelous place. For sure it is. For sure it is. Well, people, still no news, so I have to wrap... What? So, what? Oh, something arrived. Something arrived. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, Josh. This is my second update from the race, and I've now finished. Um, so, yeah, obviously, had my... My SIM card details, and since I last spoke to you, um, which was beginning of day two or morning two with the, the flood, um, I've been in my own little fairyland, to be honest. Um, my phone's not worked, so I've not been able to look at the tracker. I've had no idea what's gone on in the race whatsoever. And I thought a load of people were ahead of me. Um, and I, I finished sixth in the end, which was pretty cool. Um, so I slept last night about 10k before the... Uh, the, the the final checkpoint, and you're probably wondering that why that was, um, <laughs> because I had the the, uh, the the um like the route guide from last year's route, and the final checkpoint was 87 miles from the finish. Ah, that's nice. So I worked back from from that, and last night where I was, I thought it was still another 30 miles away, 
so I stopped to camp and then um, rolled down the hill this morning and just ran into it randomly. So, um, yeah, I camped for nothing. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a pretty amazing time in the desert. Um, it's amazing how varied the landscapes are. I mean, it's all pretty deserty, but you get all these different rocks and some bits are like purple sand and some bits are just like sort of the Sahara, what you'd, what you'd imagine it looks like. So I've actually really enjoyed it and all the people have been super friendly and really nice. Um, just eating in like the tiny little roadside cafes and stuff. Uh, mainly Berber omelettes like everyone else because they're ready in five minutes. Uh, and supplementing that with biscuits. So um, my mouth feel like it's it's been filed with sandpaper. That's a bit disgusting though. Um, but yeah, I felt really good. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, got to the checkpoint this morning by accident. Um, I'd been just about overtaken in natural facts as I was just getting my, my bivvy packed up. The guy, I forgot his name, rolled past me and then I saw him in the, in the, um, in the control point um, and they had some like chicken wraps ready made for riders. So I just took two of those and went straight away and pedaled nonstop all the way to Agadir. Um, just some big road climbs this morning. Um, it changes more from the desert to like southern Spain or Portugal, I guess. So it felt quite familiar. And then you just drop down and then it's a long, it's not the best finish because obviously you're, you're going from amazing mountains onto the flat bits where they just grow stuff in tents um, and then in, into a really big city. Uh, but actually it wasn't so bad, just a bit of a drag, like 30k of sandy tracks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, what's better, the sandbox or the urban traffic of a city? But yeah, I got here. So I think I was sixth in the end. Six, six, absolutely, sixth position. Marin finished first, which I'm super happy about. Um, really happy for Marin. Yay! We are all happy. Obviously, he's riding on Hunt Wheels and riding for Albion. Um, sponsor alert, sponsor alert. So that's that's really great. And, and he's been due a big wing for a while. Um, I think he's one of the next big riders. Um, I think even the start line, the, the first half of this race showed that the whole sport is evolving quite a lot and I probably can't keep up anymore on the shorter races. Come on, don't say that, classy boy. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having a sleep now in a bed and maybe a beer, although it's a Muslim country so I don't really serve beers, so maybe just bed. Thanks a lot for the update, Josh, finally, but I mean, it was worth it. It was really worth it. So I don't know how much he has been sleeping lately. I've been talking with him quite a bit, but for sure the hydration at the bar is moving quite well. Well, thanks a lot, everybody here for listening. Maybe it's good if we can wrap a bit with some results we all know that josh arrived six then we have marin that was first then we have jochen arrived second and of course i forgot the third one uh let me think about that i mean you should be a bit more prepared stefano um rodney 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 was third rodney sonko was third why joffrey and kenneth won the pair competition and actually number 13 my favorite number is on her way for getting the first position on the women's solo category. 
that's a wrap, people. I hope you liked it. And I hope that actually Josh gave us enough updates. And even if not, I kept you entertained. That's not a podcast about me, Stefano. That's a comment from me. And the comment is, I love you all. I really hope that you like this series. Another episode is going to come. How, what, and when? That's not due to know. Because, I mean, that's random. And we like randomness. For now, I just want to hug you all. Sorry, the endorphins. This is The Shorts, Josh's story from the Atlas Mountain Race, a production by the Broom Wagon Podcast. Voiceover by Stefano, aka Calamaro. Story by Josh Ibbett. Thanks a lot, Komoot, for the support, and thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, do whatever you want on your podcast application. Talk to you later.